Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woody Allen Retrospective right here on planettyro.com. I'm here at the Planet Tyro Studios to continue the retrospective with my buddy, Simon Rad, the master of podcasting. The ma- Oh, I've graduated to master now. Damn, I thought... Oh, my mistake. I meant to say the master of assholing. Yeah, exactly. I was like, last week I was just an asshole. Now I'm suddenly the master of all of podcasting. Master of assholes. That's my boy Simon right here. I've been enjoying his company because we've been doing the last couple of recordings in studio. That's a one-sided relationship, by the way. Okay, thank you. Getting that perfect mic quality. Mm -hmm. Thanks for interrupting as always. Guys, again, if you were following the retrospective, we do appreciate it. We've got a whole playlist of Woody Allen movies. We're definitely getting to the 50 episode mark with these discussions last time we spoke about that movie simon seemed to love and he seemed to be like the only one in the world it was fine it was 2009's whatever works with larry david kirby enthusiasm is a great show and that movie is kind of an extension of that series so it worked out for him guys if you want to check that out again youtube top right hand corner on the podcast if you're listening to audio only i'll put a link in the description we're always moving forward because we're actually about to start a new decade. But before we get started, guys, all of these discussions are spoiler discussions. You're listening to two casual moviegoers that have been doing this Woody Allen retrospective. At the time of this recording, Woody Allen is under fire once again, as he always is. And, you know, <laughs> I constantly get emails about being how hard is it to be a Woody Allen fan to support this guy in this very disparaging time in Hollywood with the whole Me Too movement and all this stuff and... You know, we might get into some of that later, but let's just let's just move on to the next movie, guys. I, I, I've read your emails. Believe me, it is hard being a Woody Allen fan, but we're going to push on because we're nearly to the end and we're not going to give up, guys. So, <laughs> well, yeah, we almost made it <laughs> without getting a, a death threat, but well, we, we better not push our luck. So, Simon, if you don't mind, tell us what this next movie is about when we're starting the final decade till we get to a really recent Woody Allen. Well, this movie is about the future. More specifically, seeing into the future. The year is 2010, and the movie's called You Will Meet a Tall Dark Stranger, as a fortune teller will tell you. I will? Will I? Well, maybe, maybe, yes. Maybe you just look in the mirror and see a tall, dark motherfucker staring right back at you. I was about to make a black joke myself that, you know, yeah, I don't exactly, really want to Exactly, like, it's, it's yeah. like a premonition of black people finally exactly. working with Woody Allen. It's true, Edo Edgefer coming back, but no. I wonder if he doesn't have a black person. That would be that would have been a bit too on the nose. I don't even... <laughs> well, it's not a comedy. See, that, that's the thing. It, it tries to be funny and have dark, humorous moments, but sure. this is not a comedy. And before you say it, it's not even a romantic film. Despite what you think from the title, that, oh, will somebody meet up with, like, a handsome stranger just because they went to the fortune teller and not sure if this is fate or just a coincidence? Is it like a old script written for Mia Farrow like Alice? No, not really. It's more about the fact that life sucks because people suck. And that's the short summary of the film. What we have here is another, I, I don't want to use the word typical, but another classic Woody Allen gap movie that he does in between great films where he kind of just takes a step back and just goes on a mini rant. You can call it a gap movie, but a lot of people feel like most of the time in his career, he spins his wheels every decade. And again, after Vicky Cristina Barcelona, he's still spinning his wheels for a classic. And this obviously didn't make people very happy. But continue, Sam. We're almost done. Because the summary is going to be short. Sure. Once again, we have an excellently casted movie. We have Josh Brolin and Naomi Watson, two leading roles, who are just a couple in London 
Josh Brolin plays, I guess, an American guy because he didn't want to do a British accent. He worked with Woody Allen before in a very similar movie in terms of tone. Do you remember Melinda Melinda? Antonio Banderas was in that? No, no, no. Josh Brolin. Oh, Josh Brolin. My bad. (laughs) (laughs) See, you're predicting the future now. (laughs) No, no, no. Josh Brolin was a surprise in that. And he was actually quite fun because he was sort of a, a, a... cocky a-hole and he had to i don't had, remember who he was in that movie he was, he was, was he on the he good was side the, he was the he was the rich dude that suddenly uh melinda was going out with in the oh, in the weird yeah. will ferrell version of the story oh yeah it's a small it's a kind of a small role but yeah uh, I remember yeah that. it was a blink you miss it cameo but he was fun sure and unfortunately he's back and it's unfortunate for him because he's a one-note schlob another struggling writer somebody, how dare you speak about thanos in that way <laughs> He's Thanos. He's Cable. What's he not? He's, he's getting paid. Yeah, he's getting paid. Yeah, exactly. He can't take it. But this was eight years ago now, seven years ago. And at this point, he was just mostly fat. Because we have a chubby Josh Brolin as this washed up writer who had one promising book, but everything else flops since then. And he's kind of in a writer's crisis. So he's not even working. He quit his job as a limo driver. And he's supported by Naomi Watts, his wife. And Naomi Watts' mother, played by Gamma Jones. And this is where the movie opens up. So this is another ensemble cast. So we're not just going to focus on George Brolin and Naomi Watts, but Gamma Jones also has her storyline. Because her and Anthony Hopkins, who's probably the biggest surprise next to, as you preluded, Antonio Banderas in this film. Another Marvel alumni. Isn't he the father of... Four! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, actually, Marvel was already kicking ass at this point, or at least getting there. With they the were I- getting there, yeah. Yeah, with the Iron Man movies, Thor. So I guess Anthony Hopkins with his agent felt like... He I'm wants- actually having fun putting out all the Marvel cast as we go along. Oh, yeah. It's actually, they, it they, happens they, more and more. They grabbed everybody. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm waiting for Antonio Banderas to get his... Uh, get his you know role in that universe a bit old for the roles he would have he would have he, he's, he's a lot of fun though yeah. uh, but just to summarize quick so yeah the cast opens up and a narrator walks us through where everybody is currently heading in their lives so. same narrator from vicky christina barcelona i believe i'll check but he sounds exactly the same and again it was a i like this narrator. i really do again i said it in that review narration is very tricky to put in the movie a lot of people don't appreciate it and in this movie he doesn't even know it a lot at all i think he only begins until ends it yeah so it, it was fine it was fine it helps though it helps it does tie the storylines together so basically anthony hopkins used to be married to naomi Watts's mom but had a midlife crisis so got a divorce and started spending money hand over fist and now he's trying to live the single life but it's kind of miserable because i he's, think he's meant to be the comedy element just one of his uh, his one's meant to be the <laughs> ironic what would you call it end life crisis i told you so this basically the i told you so storyline where everybody sees where it's going but they, you know yeah but just watching him try to be hip and try to it's, i guess it's, i guess that's this is meant to be the funny part of the movie and for anthony hopkins let's be honest he's a very serious actor for him to take this role which woody Allen himself Said he's surprised that he even got Anthony, sir, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. For yeah, him to take yeah. this comedic, which starts off comedic role, was surprising. I was surprised. He was I, I think at this point in time, he just wanted to do more dynamic stuff. Yeah, and he's yeah. very active in this movie. He goes he to the gym. He's like constantly talking about how, look how good I'm. You know, I'm such in such good shape. Feel my muscles. It's I pretty mean, comical it's, to see him do it. It isn't yeah. funny, but it's comical. So, so yeah. I don't mean to keep interrupting you, but no, I just no, love no. these things. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. We're almost done. And... As you said, we have Antonio Penderas. Puss in Boots, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the man himself, Zorro. One of my favorite actors. That guy's great. He's fucking amazing. I love him. And he's completely underused. He is. He's some he's some gallery owner guy that Naomi Watts works for. And she kind of has a thing for him because he's rich and he's fucking Antonio Banderas. But he doesn't get the same kind of treatment as Javier Bardem. He yeah. has no memorable dialogue. He's just no. mostly... Antonio just do your thing. So yeah. he's just improving. He doesn't I, I, even do his thing. He really doesn't. I mean, well, he, he's, 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 he's toned down, but he has to like work for any kind of personality that he has in this character. He has to inject all of it. Sure. Yeah. And outside of that, I guess we can also mention um, Frida Pento, who's yeah. of course is the beautiful young actress, the pride of Britain. Uh, from Slumdog Millionaire. Why can't I find a British girl like this? My God. Uh, why can I? You, you, me, both. I need to edit that out for you, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, somebody gentle. But, um. <laughs> you know he's joking, Raven. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she's kind of like Josh Brolin's, I guess, uh, flame. Fantasy muse. F- yeah, flame, fantasy muse. The girl next door, literally, yeah. or across the street. Yeah, through the window. Yeah, that he sees through the window. And honestly, guys, at this point, if you've seen any of Woody Allen's movies from the 80s, you know where this is going. It's another depressing story about how people are idiots and they do stupid things. They cheat on each other. They mess up. It's not before long that Anthony Hopkins gets hooked up with some escort and then that escort turns out to be a bit of a dumbass, but he falls manly in love with her and declares that he's going to marry her and have children again in his age. Uh, Naomi Watts' mother gets basically addicted to going to a fortune teller. That's the only thing that gives her comfort and keeps her from being suicidal because she's all alone. Yeah. So now she's all spiritual, constantly talking about how she lived in a previous life and she was probably somebody important and oh, the future is looking so bright and you should do this and you should do that and Josh Brolin is never going to make it as a writer. He should just give up. So basically, the fortune teller is just reaffirming everything she already fought to begin with. She's just telling her what she wants to hear. She's just trying to make her happy by feeding her bullshit. And Simon, let me me cut in here because honestly, I feel like I'm making you do a lot of work for a, a movie that I'm going to admit is really nothing special not only is it nothing special it is one of the most hated woody allen movies again this is what just like the last movie whatever works if you go on wikipedia and if you go on any list any woody allen list movies from best to worst this is in the bottom three this whatever works into wrong with love which we'll get to later are very despised movies and let me tell you something man this is another movie that is really not a theatrical experience you're really not getting nothing from this movie watch it in the cinema and i just feel like from his last movie He's in this zone where he wants to tell a certain type of story. I don't know if he wants to tell these curmudgeon stories about silly people. But again, this movie, Woody has... An, it's clear what he's doing with this movie. And the thing I like about this movie is he's doing something that Simon likes a lot, which is he's showing how the idiocy and the real size of people and getting their comeuppance. But by the end of this movie, a lot of, a lot of the reviews I read, people are upset that half of the storylines don't end. Like, a lot of these people, you don't even find out. By the end, it looks like most of the characters are having things did not turn out their way at all. Like, a lot of their shit they thought was building to something good, they need all of them. The only one that ends up having a good ending is the foolish, stupid person who believes in tarot telling. And that's usually the anti of what Woody Allen's doing. Usually, when you watch a Woody Allen movie, you know, the chickens come home to roost in the end and you get a realistic ending. But in this movie, everyone that 
tried to do something or had it was on a realistic way that it might have worked out for actually saying that it did work out the way Woody Allen wants because everyone kind of ends up in a worse ending scenario except for the one who's the most unrealistic the foolish woman she's the only one that ends up happy and I came away from the movie just thinking eh let me cut in here because yeah. I think if this movie doesn't make you appreciate interiors nothing will because this is why Interiors is such a masterpiece of a film. Interiors is a better... There's no doubt Interiors is a better movie than this. I'm not going to deny you on that. It, it manages to tell a very serious, tragic tale in the appropriate fashion where the tone and the cinematography and the, the whole movie just has a, a look and feel that grabs you in and the performance is very much supported and you actually feel for the characters. And even though that movie goes way darker than this one... yeah. The build-up is there, so in terms of the climactic moments, that movie's very well structured, despite the slow pace, and it's very dialogue-heavy, obviously, but it's just interesting to watch, and you feel for the characters, and you really you really vibe with the, with the tone of the film. Here, I think the tone is a mess. The best compliment I can give for the film, that Woody Allen is a terrific writer at this point. He's been doing it for four decades. He can really write people, period. They sound real. They act real. When the couple has an argument and then when you see what she's doing with her boss, when uh, when obviously Josh Brolin's not around and when Josh Brolin is hanging out with the neighbor or when he's at the poker game or the different things he's feeling or experiencing, how that affects his relationship, sometimes without even his own knowledge. And then the conversations come out of it. It all feels very natural. And it's actually quite interesting to, to, to see that because sometimes when you're in a relationship, you argue, but you don't actually argue about what you say you're arguing. Is always an underlining layer of frustration or issues that you carry over throughout the relationship and it, they try to come back to the surface. Hence the reason there's always a conflict. And then when you throw the mother in who just comes uh, out of nowhere, uninvited because she's lonely, there's tension and Josh Brolin hates her and Naomi Watts tries to support her and then she just creeps dropping these, you know, one-liners about, well, the fortune teller said this, the fortune teller said that. But, and it is real and it's well-written. It's just every character is an asshole and I, I don't know how else to put it. That's kind of like the point that everybody's flawed, nobody's perfect. You can see where everyone is coming from and what they're aspiring to do or to achieve and why life gets in the way and their failure is very natural their flaws are very human but at the same time there's nothing there to really entertain you or keep you interested you don't give a shit about these characters <laughs> i don't care about none of them and again because antonio banderas is one of the most fun people in the film despite he's not doing anything no and then he's not even in it that much and his storyline again is just Build up for a letdown. That's the whole... He doesn't have one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just a plot device. The whole yeah. point of the movie is... Which is unused completely. Yeah. Not even in the dream... You know, it would even if the movie had the dream sequence where she fantasized and he had a moment to show what he would do, they didn't even did that. So he really is a complete waste in this movie. Complete waste. Yeah. The only thing he's good for is to really make you woke to the fact that apparently galleries make a lot of freaking money because he's bowling he's driving like a sports car like well, i actually i know a lot of people that are that are making money that's one of the things you know london arty farty is there's films of, I've, I've seen about three films about london artists even documentaries look at 
Banksy, he Banksy, he makes a shit ton of money. He's a rich, you know, he's a street artist. Man, but you know, Jesus Christ, the art scene in London. Just crazy. But I, I said, like, I, I just, I, I'm not sure what Woody was trying to do. And yes. I, I'm not sure yes. if, I was if, 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 if even he was sure what he was trying to do. Because yes. there's no point to a lot of it. It's not really funny. It's not really engaging. It is real. It is well written, like I mentioned several times before. But outside of the obvious, well, you all are assholes. You all behave badly from several perspectives. You know, Josh Brolin, you understand where he's coming from with his frustrations, with his novel, getting rejected, sending off the novel, not hearing anything, being stuck between a rock and a hard place. But at the same time, he's a freeloader. He doesn't have a job. He makes no money. He's living off of his girlfriend and her mom. So when the mom comes over and talks smack to him, he can't really say shit. So him being all upset, like, I need space, I need this. I'm like, then create it for yourself. Get a job, get a career, do something about it. You know, don't just whine. Out of everyone in the movie, do you think, I know we agree that no, none of these mini stories are any good mini plots, but do you think his plot could have been the movie itself? But even if it was, I know it would have been very interesting, but... No, because he has, like, I would say his match point moment exactly where yeah. things turn dark and i guess we can talk about it a little because it's not that exciting and Woody doesn't doesn't end it you don't yeah, know how yeah. it ends i mean i think it's part of the idea behind the movie that you know how it's going to end because it's sure. not supposed to go down well yeah we can discuss it because it's not exciting Woody doesn't turn this film into a crime film no like yeah he, go and see he, what he, he, he did in the past yeah it's just as him and his wife get closer and closer to divorce and he's spending more time with Frida Pinto his book gets finally rejected. He's washed up. He's barely, you know, alive. He's like suicidal almost. And then his friend who also read a book, and apparently the book's really good. And confided in him about the book. Yeah. Uh, mysteriously, ironically, ends up in an accident, which leads into a very convenient opportunity for him to steal the book, publish it as his own, and get all, you know, get reap all the benefits of yeah. life. Yeah, which, which reminded me of that movie we're, I gotta give credit to Woody. Maybe they ripped him off a bit here. You remember that movie with uh, Bradley Cooper uh, called... Uh, yeah, Word, I love that movie. Uh, yeah, with Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. No, it was oh, Words. I think it was Words. Called. Yes, words, that's words. it. The Words. Yeah, and exactly. That was uh, one of those movies that got greenlit because of Christopher Nolan. When he did Inception with the layers... He had something to do with that movie. No, no, no. Like. But at that time, if you did anything even remotely resembling Inception in terms of a pitch... Sure. You could get a green light. Like, when you said, oh, yeah, this is a story and a story and there's multiple layers. So you have the writer, then you have the book. You just made this movie worse because that one part of the movie, the George Brolin part, yeah. that is a way, that's exactly how you make that part into a very compelling movie. But I'm not sure maybe they got the idea from Woody. So he's still... Oh, that was made after this. I think. Yeah, that it was made after this well, one. Well, then they learned from Woody. But... Thanks for bringing it up, actually. I complete. I love that Yeah, movie. that's what it reminded me of. But yeah. again... You know, then, of course, it turns out there was a mix-up and Judge Bullen got the information wrong. So, out of the guys who died, the novelist is the guy in a coma, which is the exact opposite of what he was led to believe. And it sounds like he's going to come out of it. Yeah, himself. so he just basically walks off screen from the hospital looking like, okay, he's my fucked. life is over. <laughs> which I'm like, okay, I guess, whatever. I didn't care too much anyway. You know, actually, this. you know what does this? Black Mirror does this shit all the time. It leads in like the most negative scenario with I guess actually they were it's like a troll. Yeah. Which I liked about the movie. I like the fact this movie's a kind of troll, 
But putting this in perspective, if I went to the theater to see this movie, I'd have been very upset because number one, you said this before I was recording, you look at the post of the movie, this looks like some kind of romance. There's no romance in this movie at all, except for just Roland's part, which isn't even a romance. It's just very an optimistic, optimistic, really weird subplot, which is not going to go his way. And if the movie went to its final end, it would have been a very depressing movie. Hey, look, the movie's not very good. Let's just put it that way. And the, point, and the biggest point in the movie, which I agreed with you, is that I have no idea what would you are trying to say with this movie. The only thing I can assume from it is like the, the title of the movie is called You'll Meet a Tall Dark Stranger. There's a fortune teller in the movie. The woman that, I don't know, who believes in her ignorance, who believes in this thing that isn't real. We all know Woody Allen's a realist and he doesn't believe in any of this shit. And at the end of the movie, her own door is but you fucking idiot, da, 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 which is a which is yeah, a, a be, humorous be, because uh, again, these are the the parts of the movie that uh, reflect good writing. How her daughter was fine with her going to this fortune teller and wasting money because it kept her away from annoying her, right? Yeah. But then she needs the money because her marriage has broken up, and guess what? Antonio Banderas actually has an affair with somebody, but not with her. It's her friend who's an expiring artist. So now she's like. The last thing in my life is this dream of having my own gallery. Yeah. She, lost a, yeah. she lost Antonio Banderas. She lost the loan. Um, she, she lost it all. She and she left prodigy. her mom. Yeah, yeah. 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 And now she's like, I have this financial partner. I just need the money. So she goes to her mom to get the loan and get the money. And then it all all that comes back at her because her mom turns around and says, well, the fortune teller told me that the planets aren't aligned correctly, so I can't give you the money. So she actually screws herself by allowing her mom to be in this delusion yeah. for so and long. And throughout the movie, I know the irony is, it's obvious irony, the irony yeah. is that she had every opportunity to kind of wean her mom off this thing, but she brought her into it. She kept on letting her mom get dragged in, dragged in. Josh Fallen was like, you need to stop this, and she never did. At the very end, when she really needed it, this whole thing bit her in the ass in the worst possible way. And the last the last frame you see of her face is just a close-up of, you know, just complete dismay. That, what the fuck? I'm fucked. And, you know, the last scene you see in the movie is her silly mum talking to this guy she found who's another believer in the occult or... Whatever the flavor of the week is. He, he believes in, like... He believes in bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> any, any form of bullshit, yeah. And that's what he ends the film. So I came away from this movie thinking that it was a troll. You know, this is a realistic movie where the only person who has a happy ending is a person who believes in nonsense. And I was just like, look, man, it was fine enough to watch this movie at home in the retrospective, but if I spent money on this movie on its own, I'd be pissed off. Woody Allen kind of wasted his time with this movie. He wasted so much talent in this. And Tony Mendes is a complete waste. Anthony Hopkins, it was a good opportunity for him to do something slightly different, but in a bad movie, it's still a waste of time. Everyone else is forgettable. So again, I, I'm disappointed with the movie. Kind of disappointed with the island. This is, people always say he's spinning his wheels. This is just the biggest, one of the biggest filler movies he's ever made. And because of that, because it's so forgettable, that's what makes it the worst movie. It's not the most hard to watch movie. It's just, I don't come away with it being very memorable. It's just a big fucking troll with good actors that are wasted. I mean, Anthony Hopkins' storyline, we saw it in Husbands and Wives. It's the same thing. Remember True. that? Where the guy gets a younger girl. Woody Allen's character. No, 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 no. The the husband who actually crawls back to his wife. Oh, yeah. With the yoga teacher. Had that great scene where they have the big ass argument after the party. But I thought Woody she... Allen was also seeing the young uh, artist. What's her name? Yeah, yeah, but... It, I know what you not, mean. Not part of a More midnight crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More appropriate. Fair enough. Yeah, and also... Um, 
uh, Mighty Aphrodite. It was a similar type of character where she's kind of prude and an escort. But she's also, I guess, likable because she has a nice personality or whatever. So even that whole storyline just felt fabricated from previously used materials. Josh Brolin's character arc, again, just very, very much the same tone as... A match point and Cassandra's and said, dream man, yeah, and the all words that. is a much better movie which executes this that plot line in the best way which I think you you got you know because I was thinking I didn't take away a lot from this film but I took away if you like the ones kind of the most meaty subplot which is the Josh Brolin one go and watch words with Zoe Sultana Bradley Cooper and uh, uh, what's his name no oh, uh, Jeremy Jer- Irons Jeremy Irons yes from from a lot of movies. So I was going to say but, Batman. No, Superman. fuck that. <laughs> let's, we let's are say, not acknowledging he's not let's Alfred. Let's say Lolita. Let's say Lolita, which is a movie I love a uh, lot. That's fine. I'll, I'm, I'm done with that. Yeah. So anyway, look, I don't want to waste any more time on this movie. A lot of people hate this movie. Again, you guys might not believe. How, how could you spend 25 minutes on such a horrible movie? It's because... It's, it, it's not genuinely bad because the acting is solid and like the writing is good, but you can only dedicate, I think, half of a story to... This is reality. And then the other half has to be... And this was the point of the story. You know, you can't just say, this is reality. And, uh, okay. It's it's like, what? It's like, uh, what's that movie? Anything else? Oh, yeah. Where it's just like, this is being single in New York in a boring relationship that doesn't end well and you have to move away. The end. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I think of this. I think of Melinda and Melinda and anything else. And I'm just like... Anything else is on the higher just because of the cinematography, but story-wise, these three movies are like definitely my three like worst so far. But again, let guys, if you stay tuned, we're gonna do a best and worst of our own, and yeah. you know we'll make that separate. But let's just wrap this up because honestly, I'm gonna move on, guys. <laughs> if you've seen this movie, let us know what you think in the comments down below. Again, Rotten Tomatoes IMDb score very low, one of the most despised Woody Allen movies, just because as we said, Woody Allen doesn't have much to say. People just think conceptually the beats the all the bits i make the movie is just it's just a complete mess after everything we said i tend to agree so i just want to leave it at that and say simon thank you for joining me on this one as always that's cool i mean i'm glad we're in the 2010s because uh there's some good stuff coming i think uh woody's getting recharged i just think at this point in time he really doesn't care like sometimes he's like like i have a half finished script whatever let's shoot see what happens and if not we'll just call you know i'll just say cut and that's the end of the film done again a a yearly director again he's one of a kind for doing that but this is what happens again batting average on a whole we just started a decade this is the first dud but if you guys know what's next you might call it a a rising phoenix so (laughs) stay tuned to that one guys again subscribe to the channel if you want to follow those discussion we got on the woody anna retrospective links in the description youtube car talk right corner give us a like if you like discussion and we'll see you on the next recording